The Roots team is proud to bring you Strengthen Your Roots, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into connecting with teammates on topics like leadership, as well as personal and professional skill building. Welcome back to Strengthen Your Roots. We're glad you're joining us today. I am Nicole Christensen, and I'll be your host for our seventh episode. Last month, we heard from Chris Obermeyer and the Patriot team. This month, we're excited to shift our focus to personal and professional development as the end of the year is approaching. Now is the perfect time to reflect on 2021 and kick off 2022. Brian, Jess, and Carol, thank you so much for letting us chat with you today. Brian, before we dive into questions, would you give us a brief professional and personal bio and tell us what makes you passionate about the ODL team? Sure, happy to, yeah. So uh, starting off personally, I'm from Omaha and lived in Colorado for about six years. Uh, I've been married for 15 years and have two kids, uh, son Zach and daughter Lindy, that are both in middle school. So that's sort of the phase we're at right now in life and uh, love to travel and do a lot with kids activities, coaching, things like that. Uh, professionally, I've been in learning and development for about 25 plus years um, and really started teaching at a community college in Fort Collins. Um, there's a story behind that, which I won't go into today, but the short of it is, is it was uh, after the holidays, there were no jobs. I was literally applying everywhere I could. And uh, out of desperation on the way home, I stopped at the community college just thinking like, what do I have to lose? I, wasn't, I didn't have a degree. I didn't have any particular experience. It wasn't even on my radar as a career to do. And I just thought, I have nothing to lose. And uh, started having a conversation. And before I knew it, I was being handed a book and was told to go, you know, in like a week and a half, go to this room and teach this class, which I'd never taught before or anything. And so just kind of walked right into it. So that's kind of how I got started in teaching. And so taught graduate classes and taught at community college and then eventually moved into kind of corporate. And uh, so I've been, I've been here about four years, almost four years. I was at Omaha Stakes for about 16 years. Uh, learning development also did some employment hiring as well. And I came here because of the culture, the mission, the dedication, the learning. And uh, I would say my passion for ODL is really, you know, I think we build really foundational capabilities and understanding that we really have a broad impact on the organization. Uh, we play a role with culture, which I think is really special here. Uh, talent, agility, helping people kind of be their best. These are things I think are really exciting for me. Um, and we get engaged in the entire organization, which I love. Those are things, and the other thing I would just say is that learning and culture is really important, I think, for all organizations, but it's especially important here. We're cognizant of it, and I love being able to be a part of that. I agree 100%. I'm a little intrigued. What was the first class you taught? Introduction to, well, <clears throat> introduction to computers and introduction to Windows. This is back in the late 90s, and it was two classes because I went to show up for one. They're like, oh, by the way, can you teach this other class? Oh, and by the way, can you teach them both twice? So they were desperate. Anybody who knew anything about computers was making more money than I was doing something with computers. So that's why I got invited to kind of teach those classes. Thank you. Carol, you're next. Awesome. Well, like Brian, I feel like I'm that accidental trainer. I, I backed into it. It wasn't something I wanted to do when I was coming out of high school. And it was an opportunity that came up. I raised my hand and said, I can teach people how to use computers and was given that opportunity and really, really discovered it was duck to water. I absolutely love, love, love helping people learn new skills. So I also have been in this arena probably 25 years plus 
And um, through that, coming to Farm Credit Services of America, I discovered that there's, there's more than just training. It became organizational development effectiveness, and that's my niche. That's something that just drives me. So when you ask the question, what are you passionate about for this organization, that's it. Helping people be better humans and aligning that with the strategic objectives and needs of the organization. So whether that's career pathing or anything that's related to making all of us more effective, that just, I, I, can't, I can't imagine a better job. I, in the last 19 years I've been here, I can count on one hand the number of days that I've called in sick, lame, or lazy, because it's just amazing. Personally, I am married. I have been married uh, longer than most of you have been walking the earth. And uh, it, he's a, an amazing man. So we have two children. I have eight grandchildren. My grandchildren are old enough that I'm probably looking at great-grandchildren within the next five years. But I also love to travel. I love to take my summers with my husband and we get on, on a motorcycle and away we go and we're out of contact with everybody for a week on end and it's just amazing. Awesome, thank you. I have the perfect question for you during the lightning round. What, watch for that one, I please. I will. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jess, you're next. Yeah, no, I love hearing the stories of how, how you both found your way to doing what we do because I think you, you, you don't run into college students that are like, hey, I wanna be a trainer when I grow up. And so very, very similar story. I was working as a teller at, at Cornhusker Bank in Lincoln. Uh, right out of college and, and it was the story of like, you're really good at this. We need a training department. Uh, you should teach other people how to be really good at this too. <laughs> and and next thing you know, you know, I spent seven years of my career building out the, the training department at Cornhusker Bank and that led to, to performance consulting and small business consulting and then the last several years I've spent leading a team of uh, executive coaches and leadership facilitators for a leadership development company locally. And that, that kind of leads me to what brought me here and to the ODL team. I think, you know, in that work that I was doing, a lot of that was you would dip into a company and you would work with a leader or two leaders or a handful of leaders or a team or two teams. And there's something about being part of a team that exists to have org-wide impact um, that is just, just really incredible. And so I think that opportunity to, to make that kind of difference combined with the really awesome people that I get to work with every day. Like our team very much is a team of um, what I experience as high performers that challenge me to be better and my best and to continue to grow and develop. And that's just been a really, really exciting and rewarding thing to be a part of. So I guess personally, mom to two fantastic kiddos um, who are both in, in elementary school and then married to, to husband Mike about 14 years and he's a pretty fantastic guy too. Not your Mike. Kiddo. Not my Mike, Not your, your own Mike. Mike. I've yeah. got my own Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Brian, give us a just brief description of what your team does. Sure. Yeah, so when I think of what uh, ODL does, I tend to break it up into three groups. So we have our organizational development group. So this is really where, where Jess and Carol and then also Amanda and our team kind of spend the majority of their time. And this is where my, my sense is, is that uh, we're a very team-oriented organization, which I know many of us, all of us probably feel that way. And um, it's my belief that an organization that has really high-performing teams is gonna be a really high performing organization. And I love that we've given emphasis to teams here. And so when 
when we were thinking about the structure of our group and specifically around organizational development, we really structured around the three elements of a team, meaning you have to have obviously great teammates that are fully capable and realizing their potential, and that's a big space where Carol works. Uh, we need to have obviously great leaders also uh, that are leading those teams because leaders have a huge impact on the success of a team and that's really where Jess focuses much of her time. But then also the team itself needs to be really working in, in together well, which is an area that a lot of organizations don't focus on. And I think we, I think we do that better than many organizations. That's really where Amanda lives. And so we've got three uh, folks focused on that space. How do we make sure we have really strong teams? There's also you know, talent management, how we make sure that we're leveraging talent, we have a good sense of talent, succession planning, pieces like that. Um, second area is really about just really creating impactful learning. And so this is our structural design side of the house. This is where Brad, Matt, and Brendan, um, and then also Jen on our team you know, plays a role in helping make sure that we're designing, developing, and delivering really strong learning. And so we work directly with pieces of the organization to develop that learning. And then we also partner with uh, folks like the Business Training Solutions team a lot of times to support things that they're doing as well. Um, and we, we, we do it in part because there's just a lot of work to be done. But we do it also in part because we try to bring some specialized expertise in video and multimedia, um, but also e-learning design, things like that. Um, and then really the third area is really supporting internal communication and culture. And this is where, you know, Debbie, uh, it's her space primarily, but a lot of other folks, you know, kind of help with that. But that's certainly the place where she's sort of leading the effort. And, um, you know, an organization that dedicates time and resources to that work is really uh, important. I think we do a great job of that. There's always more to be done, but I think it's really important that we focus on that. So those are really probably the three major areas that, that ODL plays in. Thank you so much for explaining it because I didn't realize it was so multifaceted until I started really talking to each one of you and learning what ODL is really about and then finding all the intricate parts about the team. And so that's, thank you for sharing that. And I know the rest of the teammates in this organization will be excited to hear just how, you know, different facets you guys play. Yeah, and, and we partner with business training solutions, but we also partner with sales enablement. We partner with, I mean, even even you know, uh, customer success. Like there, there's different areas that work that learning's happening in the organization, and we play a role. But I know it can be confusing at times. Like, is this an ODL thing? Is this a BTS thing? And so we've really kind of positioned ourselves to support those org-wide needs. Um, but the, you know, the business training solutions, for example, they're focused on like our business development or credit or operations folks, like what's their functional uh, skills that they need and capabilities where we're supporting sort of more broad capabilities. And so I know sometimes there's a little bit of confusion mm -hmm. around that. So hopefully, hopefully people kind of understand how we play into the big picture. Yeah, I think this will definitely help. Thank you. So this is for all three of you. Reflect and Rise Up was Root's 2021 theme which fits perfectly in today's topic. We've had a couple of trying years, lots of adjustments both at work and at home. What are a few ways teammates can reflect on the previous year? Jess, I wanna start with you. Yeah, sure, thanks Nicole. Um, I am such a believer in the importance and value of reflection and I think just as people, it's something that we don't, don't always do enough and I think it can be pretty simple, honestly, when it comes down to it. There are three questions that we encourage leaders to use when checking in with teammates and I think a lot of times reflection is just checking in with ourselves and it can be as simple as reflecting on the year and saying, you know, what, what went well? What do I feel good about? What am I proud of? You know, the second 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 of questions being, what could have been better? <laughs> you know, what didn't go the way that I had planned or where do I feel like I got derailed? 
And then the third set just being knowing that, you know, how do I want to go into the next year? What do I want to do differently? What do I want to change? And so I think any time I think of reflection, it's about keeping it pretty simple, <laughs> keeping it pretty, pretty easy and doing it with the idea of going forward, doing something different. I like how you say, keep it simple and easy. So when I think about reflecting, I think about writing it down. But sometimes that's not easy for people. Do you have to always write it down? I don't think there's any one way to reflect, but there is something about putting pen to paper. Um, and sometimes it's not even the act of, of writing it down, but when you go back and read what you wrote, whether it's today or next week or you know two months, six months from now, sometimes there's, there's power in being able to revisit those words for sure. Thank you for that insight, I appreciate it. Carol. You know, I think reflecting on lessons learned is a big piece of that that reflection, and, and I, I absolutely echo everything that Jess has said. I think that last year was one of the most chaotic years most of us have ever experienced with going home suddenly and then having the kids at home. And for many people, it was just an intense period of chaos. And yet, what we found coming out of that, so many lessons learned. And sometimes I think we're so busy living our life that we don't take the time to really think about how much we've grown, how much we've learned. So I agree, Jess. I think taking that time, whether it's writing it down or just even having a conversation with a spouse or your leader or a coworker on, this is what I've learned, this is what I've applied, this is how I've grown over the last year is really, really powerful. Thank you. Brian? Yeah, I, actually, I don't have a whole lot to add. I wish I'd gone first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, the the I, I was going to talk about you know reflecting on what's worked well, but what I will maybe add is that there's a lot of research around learning agility, being a it's a uh, the concept like do I take what I've experienced, get a lesson from that, and then apply that in the future. And so um, when you're reflecting, if you have it's great to sort of reflect on you know, what went well, what, where was I getting stuck, what might I do differently? But then thinking like, what's the rule? What's the one or two things as I'm looking into the future that you know, this, is the, this is the takeaway, this is the, and then looking for an opportunity. Where might that next opportunity to apply that lesson be coming up? Because that's the next thing too, is sort of looking forward. Um, I even sometimes think of like uh, performance reviews is sometimes maybe thinking of it as performance previews. Like, what do I want to see the, the year ahead to look like? What are some obstacles? And how can I take that lesson, that experience that I've been reflecting on, and actually think about how I might apply it uh, going forward? So this is another question for all of you. January 1st, 2022, we'll be here before we even know it. What advice do you have for us to start the year off strong? Ooh. Who do I start with first? Carol. <laughs> well, building on the reflection piece that we just talked about, reflect on those areas like Jess was talking about, maybe where did I have some struggles and where would I like to be more effective? Just building a little bit more on that. So considering perhaps things that you could do for personal development. We have so many offerings for people to learn how to be better humans both at work and, and at home. So just do some reflection on where can I be more effective? Where's my passion for work or, or things that I could do better? 
and identify what those might be, have conversation with your leader about it, of course, have conversations perhaps with even coworkers to say, what have you learned this last year that I could perhaps copy or, or learn from? And then just make a decision to make your personal development or your professional development a priority. Clear your calendar for when you've got that scheduled and uh, make sure that you make a commitment to attend that, that workshop and, and don't let work get in the way of your personal or professional development. I love that and I love how you put in personal and professional because if a teammate is growing at work, they're also bringing that home and growing you know, whoever's around them. If that's children, parents, a spouse, you're putting a positive effect on them. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that, I appreciate that. So Carol, I, I like that you were talking about you know making learning a priority because I know with COVID we've been so busy. People are so busy just trying to deliver to our you know serve our customers and do all the things that we're doing in a very different way, and it's easy for the work the daily work to get prioritized over development. Mm -hmm. And and it's understandable. And there's times when that that made sense. We cut back on sort of what we were offering in the middle of COVID for a very good reason. We knew that people were busy doing the things that we needed to do, and that was right. But there's a long-term hidden consequence if we don't make it a priority. So people need to make some commitments. They need to show up. They need to uh, identify what those things are and then make time for it. Because if we don't, we will pay for it in the long run. And fortunately, we've got an organization that very much supports that. But it, it always comes down to the individual making that decision. Absolutely. Do you want to continue? or? For my answer for yeah. the question, uh, sure. So um, to start off the year strong, I think I, I had when I was thinking about this, there was two things that came to mind. One is uh, focusing on the circle of influence, not the circle of concern. So that's a Franklin Covey reference, and the idea is that there's there's this relatively there's a circle of things that you have influence over, and then broader than that, there's a circle of concerns, things that you have interest in, but you don't necessarily have control or influence over. And um, if you focus on the circle of influence, the things you can, what happens is you tend to have some success and you actually grow your influence. If you focus on the circle of concern, the things that you don't have control over, what happens is you actually don't have the impact you hope and you can actually shrink your influence, not to mention all the stress that comes with it. So I think one piece of advice is to say, of all the things I could be focusing on, focus on things that you can actually move the needle on, that make a difference, as opposed to all the stuff happening around us because there's a lot going on that ends up being noise at the end of the day and yes it may impact you but if you don't have influence over it it's probably not worth spending energy on and then the other thing was just about the noise itself is just try to cut through and focus on the important over the urgent there's a lot of you know fire drills and just urgent things happening and it doesn't mean they're not important but challenge if they are important and focus as much as possible on things that really make a difference in the long run. If you're looking at your work two years from now, looking back on today, will you make the same decision as opposed to what's in front of you, it's noisy, it feels urgent, or you just wanna check it off your list, You know, focus on those important things. Awesome, that's really good advice, thank you. Yeah, so much good insight. You know, I, I think about starting the year off strong and ensuring that I'm like running after the right things. And so for me, a lot of it is ensuring that I'm really clear on what it is that I'm trying to accomplish and that I've got a clear understanding of the steps that are gonna help me to get there. 
Um, there's a great book out there, Atomic Habits. It's one that I would recommend to everybody. It's such a good one, but it's all about what are the little habits that help us get there. And I think one of the examples in the book is you might want to lose weight or you might want to run a marathon, but the small thing that you can do that is going to make a big difference in helping you get there is just putting on your shoes. If at the end of the workday I go home and I sit on the couch, I'm not going to do the things that it's going to take to help me get ready for that marathon or to lose that weight. But if I just go home and instead of sitting on the couch, put on my shoes, the likelihood of me going out and doing something is a lot higher. And so I'm a big fan of stepping back and saying, all right, if here's the big thing I want to accomplish, here are the one or two habits, small things that I just need to execute on with some consistency are going to help me to, to get there. I love that you said, said Atomic Habits because Roots, one of our Roots member, Cody, was a, is a huge fan of James Clear. And he was able to bring James Clear in during COVID um, as a keynote speaker for Roots. And so that's a good reminder. I know I have that book on my shelf that I need to pull that out and maybe start 2022 with a good read. So thank you. Good one, yeah. Carol, let's talk about everybody's favorite topic, goal setting. Talk to us about how you set personal and professional goals. Well, two things come to mind for that. The obvious, of course, is go to talent works and create the goal, right? That's the, that's the obvious kind of answer. But I think we need to go a little bit deeper than that. It's really, again, that reflection piece and, and deciding on what it is that you want to focus on, what that area of focus is for growth, and then do a little bit of research on what's available. So you can always go out to um, well, I'll talk about resources in a little bit, not right now, but there's many, many areas where you can find information about what might be available for learning. But the second thing is it's not necessarily just a classroom base for learning. We call it the three E's. There is an education component, a workshop, learning a new skill, uh, gaining some new knowledge in some way, but that's just a small piece of what you can consider doing for development. Another area is exposure. So getting involved with Roots, maybe getting involved with another employee resource group as one of the committee members, that's something that would uh, gain a lot of experience. So experience, exposure, um, l doing some job shadowing perhaps, there are some things that you can do to think about to get prepared for actually then going into talent works and, and creating those goals. And of course, always having that conversation with the leader about what your development goals are. So you've already kind of explained how we should set our goals up. I've been on a career path and it's changed over the last two years, different times. And so I feel like sometimes I have to adjust my career goals or my goals and talents works mm -hmm. because I have a new position. Mm -hmm. How do I go about doing that and maybe having that conversation with my leader? I'm happy to take that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm a believer that goals uh, give us give us the clarity that we need to do good work. Uh, without goals, we're just, you know, we could just be walking around shooting and calling whatever we hit the target. And so we may luck into doing some really good things, but it's about doing doing good things and the right things on purpose. And sometimes that means we have to adjust because sometimes that is a moving target. And so Carol kind of alluded to it, but I think a lot of it is is making our leaders a partner in the conversation. 
because sometimes it's discerning between, is this a goal that in this moment is tough, but it's still worth doing because of the professional development or the personal development for me or the impact to the organization? In which case, this is an opportunity for me to be kind of gritty and resilient and, and persist and get this thing done. Or has the target changed? I thought it was gonna be a really great and impactful thing. What I'm finding is that's not necessarily the case or it's less relevant than I expected it to be. In which case, maybe this isn't the thing for me to be gritty and resilient about. And really making, making our leaders partners in that conversation to, to give us some, some outside perspective, I think is really valuable. Awesome, thank you. That was a really good insight. This episode's podcast ponder question is, Brian, can you explain how the development wheel plays into teammates' goal setting and the four quadrants, what the four quadrants are? Yeah, sure. So the development wheel is something that is a tool used by leaders. <clears throat> it's used to think about, help them think about their teammates and sort of where they're at. And um, I think the origin of it, it predates me, but I think the origin of it was to remove the bias towards growth always meaning promotion. So I think there is a bias in many organizations. I think just, you know, like, oh, if I'm growing in my career, that means I'm getting promoted into a different position. And, you know, frankly, I, I just don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of growth that, um, in fact, most growth, I think, honestly, uh, is not necessarily through promotion. And I think the point of the development will is to kind of recognize that, but then also make sure that we had sort of appropriate development opportunities based on sort of where somebody was, what they're trying to do. And so there's four quadrants in this wheel. And the, the point of it being a wheel is that there's, it's not meant to be like, there's, there's no good or bad necessarily, right? It's all kind of equal. Um, and the four quadrants, basically there's one where it's focusing on performance, like just trying to get to the point where you're just really being successful in your role. Vast majority of people in this group are just new to their position or their position's changed in a significant way. You know, maybe if somebody's struggling a little bit, but generally it's about people are just kind of getting established in their role. Second quadrant is really about developing in place. So they're, they're, they're functioning and performing at a, at a good level, but they, you know, how do I keep getting better? So how do I become more specialized? How do I raise the bar? How do I maybe expand my skill set, but within the family of the role that I'm in? And so that's a different set of development sort of goals and resources. Uh, a third is develop for career moves. So this is where somebody may be interested in a different position. It may not be a leadership role, it just might be a different position in the organization. Uh, or it might be that you know, at some point, I might wanna raise my hand for a leader role. So that's kind of where people get in the category of, I, I'm doing well, but my development focus is less about being an expert in my current space, but more about how do I go and uh, prepare for the next move. And then lastly, we have some development that really is specific around uh, leadership development. Brian, I do have a question about the development wheel. I know a lot of teammates um, probably don't know all the ins, ins and outs of it. How do they maybe ask that question or have that conversation with their leader to know where they stand, where they stand on the wheel? Oh, it's a great question. And it's not intended to be, um, the wheel itself is just meant to be a tool for the conversation to help the leader structure or think about the conversation. So it's really not so much about where they are on the wheel and more about do I, as a leader, understand where this person's trying to go? Are they trying to just establish a, you know, a strong baseline of performance? Are they trying to increase their level of expertise in an area? Or are they trying to get to some other different role? Or are they really focused on specifically on leadership development? And that's really the main goal. And so I think um, it should be happening probably less around the conversation of the wheel, but more around what are you trying to do? 
And so I think the, the advice for teammates is really just to, to talk to your leader and say, hey, I am interested in really, my focus this year is really on getting, becoming an expert in this area. I, I'm a, I've been doing this for about two years. I'm excited to really kind of step up and be kind of one of the experts on our team in this space. Here's where I think I can contribute. Or, hey, you know, at some point, I would be kind of interested in maybe working over here as a way for me to learn more about this other area. So really just having a conversation around what is your intention and then how do we line up development that makes sense. And back to Carol's three E's. Is it education? Is it sort of exposure and networking? Or is it experience of some sort? And oftentimes, most of the time, things like experience and exposure are even more impactful than the education. We have some great education resources. I'm sure we'll talk more about those here shortly. But a lot of times, it's really just what can I go to kind of get my, my feet wet a little bit with, with the things that might help me get to the next phase. And I'd like to add a little bit to that, if I, if I may. I think sometimes when we first hear about that development, Will, and we think about, ooh, I am well-placed in my role right now, I don't, I don't think that everybody understands that doesn't mean that the talented expert and the, and the well-placed, the well-placed employee doesn't mean that um, you know, if I do my job really, really, really well, I'm a talented expert. That's not it. The talented expert is someone who has perhaps skills that are not commonly attainable. They really are that person that has excelled way beyond what a well-placed employee is. I, I consider myself well-placed, although I have a lot of deep skills I don't know that I would consider myself that talented expert. I'll give you, you know, I'll give you my advice, but I, I'm perfectly content being, yep, she's well-placed. What are your thoughts about that, Brian? I think you have specialized expertise that I, so I, would, <laughs> I would disagree with you, but I, um, yeah, um, I, I get what you're saying, that, that some of that is just about, you know, really kind of finding your niche especially as you get mm -hmm. deeper into your career. And, and I think for me, one of the other things I really love about the development wheel um, is that everybody has development goals. Sure. So it doesn't matter who you are in the organization, how tender you are, how skilled you are, um, what level of the organization, however you look at it, everybody has development, um, both needs and opportunities. Carol, thank you for touching base on that and how you feel You know, we need to have every portion of that wheel here in the organization mm -hmm. to make it a truly powerful organization. Not one's better than the other, it's just where everybody is and that that's okay. And Brian, I really appreciate you saying, you know, let's not focus on the wheel, but let's focus on speaking up on what our goals are to our leaders. Because I know personally, there's been times in my career that I'm like, I'm just gonna put my head down, I'm gonna be the best employee ever, and they're gonna notice. Well, sometimes that's great, but if I don't speak up and say, these are my dreams and my aspirations, and I don't tell my leader that, they can't properly lead me as a teammate. So having those open conversations and maybe being a little bit vulnerable is okay. And that's what I heard from it, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Jess, you're next. Now that we've talked about setting goals in the development wheel, what is your advice about approaching our leaders with our new goals? How do I fit into this company department and on the wheel? Yeah, I think Brian really hit the, the nail on the head. I think, I think the conversation is often one of 
here's how I'm thinking about my development this year. You know, I can use myself as an example. I was new to the associations last year. So this year really was about wrapping my arms around the role and the job and the daily responsibilities. You know, next year, I'm gonna be thinking about my development a little bit differently because it's more about how can I continue to develop and build skill and knowledge that helps me to add greater value and have greater impact. And so I think backing up and not just thinking about, what do I wanna do this year? What's, what's, what's a good goal for this year? But rather, how, how should I think about my development and what ultimately am I trying to accomplish can, can make that a really uh, productive conversation with your leaders. And so to Brian's point, I think it's less about where do I fit on the development wheel and more about what, what do I want to accomplish? What's going to get me closer to my, my larger goals? Um, and then one other thing I'll just mention, I think sometimes there's a little bit of a, a thought that, you know, if, if I don't want to develop toward leadership, like, can't I just be happy doing what I'm doing? And absolutely one can be happy doing what they're doing. I think you said it, Nicole, like we need folks that really love and enjoy doing what they're doing. But I think it's an important call out that the organization and just the world changes so fast that there's also no such thing as just being able to like sit still with my head down and not change anything because everything around me is gonna keep going, which means essentially I'm going backwards, right? And so I think to Brian's point, everyone should have a development goal because we all have something to work towards, even if it's just keeping up in our, in our current roles. And I think that's a really good point that you make, Jess. And I'd like to add to that, to that it is our responsibility as employees to identify what those goals are. Certainly we can have conversations with our leaders about our, as you say, Nicole, goals and aspirations. But it's really our job to come up, each one of us individually, to come up with what is it that we want to be focused on and then have the conversation with the leader. Yeah, but I love approaching those leader conversations. Mm -hmm. with, Here's what I'm thinking. What am I missing? Are there blind spots that I might have or is there something else I could be thinking about? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like coming to the table with a, with mm -hmm. a thought already. Yeah, that's great, Carol. And I think, you know, that always coming to the table with a thought allows your leaders to give you such a broader conversation. I know I've been in some of my development or goal settings with my leaders and I brought, I, I usually bring a lot to the table because I'm just type A personality. I have to have everything, you know, written out and this is my plan. I'm not, I need to read Atomic Habits because I plan my life out five years and don't have baby goals. I have monstrous goals <laughs> and, um, but, you know, having those conversations with my leaders, I've gotten some really phenomenal insight and feedback from my leaders by bringing those big goals and then having them say, Nicole, you need to chop that down and take baby steps or small little bites because that is a big undertaking. And those are great conversations. Those really make every teammate more powerful in their job. One other thing that I would add also, when we, so, Sometimes when I think about performance, I, I think of there's three categories for somebody to have, for the behavior performance to happen. You have to have the skill, the will, and the opportunity. Uh, and so if you are not being clear about your will, your motivation, then, then you're missing out potentially on opportunities. And so I encourage you know, teammates to say, hey, here are the things that I'm interested in. And, and I think that fear is sometimes like, I don't know if I want to commit to this yet. That's okay. Raise your hand and say, I'm interested in this. I'm curious about this. I'd like to go in this direction. I think we all understand that you start going down that road and then sometimes you go a slightly different direction, slightly different direction. 
In fact, you know, I encourage us to think about goals not just annually and then checking in against progress, but even checking in, in fact, we do this on our team, when we check in quarterly and talk about it as a team, it's not just, in fact, it's, it's primarily not about accountability, it's primarily about are those still the right goals? Because the view looks different three months later and it looks different again three months later after that. And so I encourage us to keep it kind of fluid, but also to be transparent about that, because uh, that, that motivation, that interest is meaningful to leaders and to each other. I'm going to switch gears for a minute and fire off a random question to each one of you. So I'm going to go with Carol first. What's the most beautiful place you've ever seen? Oh, that's easy. A trip that my husband and I took to Scotland and we were up in the highlands of Scotland. It is amazingly beautiful. Of course, everything in Scotland is amazingly beautiful. Edinburgh, Loch Lomond, uh, Loch Ness, anywhere in Scotland, amazingly beautiful. Now I want to go travel. Thank you. <laughs> Jess, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Yeah, my kids are at super fun ages. So uh, daughter Ellery is in her last year of, of elementary school. Uh, Reed is a first grader. And so just watching them learn and their little brains mature and um, yeah, like that, that is for sure the thing that is most exciting in life right now, yeah. Once they get to middle school, they really become little mini adults. Stop it, Nicole. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm experiencing it right now, and I am not ready right now either. <laughs> okay, Brian, you're in the hot seat this time. Uh-oh. What's one professional skill you're working on building? Ooh, just one? Um, yeah, so... I think, you know, I say, you say professional skill, I'm going to say probably the thing I have the greatest need for is I, I think it's about knowing yourself. And one thing I know about me is I'm great at coming up with lots of ideas. Doesn't mean they're all great ideas. I can see you guys laughing, but I'm great at coming up with ideas. Um, but sometimes that can be overwhelming. And I think helping myself for both my work and also for the team focus on what's the most important things. What are the few most impactful things that we can do that'll really make a difference. And yes, we want to innovate and push and do and take on, we even had a conversation earlier today around um, capabilities versus capacity, right? So we have the capability of doing things, but do we have the capacity to do that work? And what, what, how we spend our time that's gonna be most impactful, most meaningful. So I'd say the, the development for me is both for my personal work and uh, for the team is, helping us stay focused on the, the few things that matter the most. Awesome, thank you. Okay, Carol, you mentioned this uh, during our conversation, so I'm gonna ask you this mm -hmm. question first. What resources does the ODL team have for teammates? Oh, wow, how much time do we have? Mm -hmm. So we have, obviously, on, on Employee Matters, there's a development tab, and there's many, many suggestions there for things that employees can look at to try to get uh, additional ideas for development. Talent Works, you can search for workshops, if, if workshops is an interest for you, by categories. Uh, the Digital Library, previously known as Overdrive, now known as Libby, as a matter of fact, Atomic Habits, is available for checkout in our library. Many, many um, books in there for, for self-help. We've got the Career Discovery Portal, which is fairly new. We just launched that almost a year ago now with many, many different roles within our organization that people can go out and learn more about 
what they, the incumbent at that time found useful for learning, some resources there. Um, obviously the leader, we talked a lot about that, how a leader can help and, and co-workers too. That's just what is top of mind for me. Anything else that either of you would think of as resources? Oh, so many great, yeah, no, you, you rattled off a lot of them, Carol. I guess, you know, my, my realm is sort of leadership, and so a couple additional things that come to mind for folks that maybe have, have that desire uh, exploring leadership, I think is mm -hmm. a great, a great opportunity for individual contributors that, that just kind of want to dip their toe into this leadership stuff and learn more about what it's all about. I think great opportunities for mentorship, oh, I think is a, is a big one. And then honestly, I think so much just comes up. If, if you're open and you're talking with your leader, with your peers about what it is that you're trying to accomplish, I think it's amazing how many opportunities exist out there that you may not, not know about. Um, I think half of it is just telling people what it is that you're, you're working on and being open to, to suggestions and their thoughts too. I would just add, the question was around what resources ODL has, but I think we've answered that pretty thoroughly. I would just add that you, as a teammate, are the best resource, and your commitment to changing your behavior, behavior, applying what you've learned, giving it life beyond when you attend the workshop or the class or whatever, that you give it some life and apply it and continue to build some habit around that, um, that's probably one of the most impactful things you can do, because if you take one one course, let's say, in the course of a year, we have a ton of great courses, right, that we offer internally. But if you just take one, but really like squeeze the value out of it, it'll make a huge difference. I am so glad you said that, Brian, because I think how many times do we attend something and have a great experience, but at the end of the day, after we attend that workshop, we go back to our desk and things are busy and there are 95 emails and we do nothing differently as a result of that. And so I think that's such a great call out because it's, it's the application that makes a difference. Yeah. It, oh, it, Brian, we forgot one of the most important resources. Oh. The ODL team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We are available, obviously, anytime for, for questions or if anybody wants to reach out to any one of us, we're all willing to help in any way that we can. Awesome, thank you. And I will just have to say, you know, my experience being here for five years in the association, I truly love working here. And I, like you said, Carol, there's been very few days that I've wanted, woken up and said, oh, I just can't do it today. I wake up and I, I'm ready to get to work and just because of the association, the people I work with, um, I've taken a lot of the ODL courses and you guys have provided me with some phenomenal insight on where do I go next? How do I become a better teammate? Um, in between those classes, some conversations with leaders throughout the company, I think another resource we didn't talk about is even the tuition reimbursement. Mm -hmm. Taking that ownership of yourself and then bringing it another step forward mm -hmm. to the teammates. If you get passionate about something, you can do that on your yeah, own. Either undergraduate or masters. Yep. Yeah, and this is an organization, there, there are not very many organizations that invest in their, their folks the way that we do. And the culture around that, you know, the leadership support and the, almost the expectation that you're constantly sort of improving that, that doesn't exist in many places the way it does here, and it's made a difference in sort of who we are, and so the opportunities there really, it's just a matter of making a decision and doing it. Absolutely. Thank you, Carol, Jess, and Brian, for joining me on Strengthen Your Roots. I'm happy to have had the opportunity to talk with you about the ODL team. 
and to learn more about the association's goal-setting objectives for teammates. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Please email $roots with questions, comments, feedback, or ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to answer the ponder question on Yammer for a chance to win some great Roots swag. Come back next month to learn more about Farmland, and don't forget to keep an eye on the Roots SharePoint site for upcoming events. Roots is excited to provide teammates with guided journals to help teammates kick off their 2022 personal and professional goals. Quantity is limited, so go to the Roots Yammer page and request your journal today. Thank you all and have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Strengthen Your Roots. We hope you'll join us again on our next episode.